that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to the Friday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. I just said this game stinks, but we have a lot to talk about. Because guess what? There's going to be a new quarterback. Doug Lamarie's Nathan Baird Stevens means. It's our preview show. Ohio State's favored by 49 and a half. Nathan, I don't know if this line is moving as we speak. We're recording this about 1.20 Thursday afternoon, about half an hour after Ryan Day confirmed that C.J. Stroud will not play against Akron on Saturday night unless in an emergency situation because Quinn Ewers can't play because he still doesn't know what's going on. So it's going to be Kyle McCord and Jack Miller in some form or fashion that obviously influences well, how we think this game might go. Maybe. Tyler Shoemaker, our great friend, will be along later to talk about the betting angle in a more specific way. Uh, this is not really a betting preview show now. It's like, hey, guess what? The thing we've been waiting for, Nathan, is going to happen. Nothing against C.J. Stroud. People are going to get a look at the other guys, which I think a lot of people are very curious about. I mean, it makes too much sense. If the guy is hurt at all, you've got an opponent like this where you're, as you said, a 48 and a half point favorite as of the moment we're speaking this, and maybe that'll change. But there's no downside to playing these other guys, and there's only upside, I think. You get C.J. Stroud healthier. You get both of these guys in, and as Ryan Day said, I think his, his exact quote was, uh, it will be a great evaluation going forward. So now you get to put these other two guys, Kyle McCord and Jack Miller. We think probably Kyle McCord more so, but he only talks about them in, in tandem still right now. We, he says he'll name a starter on Friday or tell the tell the starter who he is on Friday. And uh, But you get to – it's exactly what we were talking about all week leading up to this. What we've been talking about really since the end of the Oregon game was that it's time to see what else you got in that room, and now we will. When I talked to Tishu earlier, and again, we'll get to that later in the podcast, it was 49 and a half. And on Vegas Insider, you can see it dropping already. It's dropping. It's 48 and a half at some places, 48 at some places. So this line is going to move a little bit based on the fact that Ohio State's going to play two quarterbacks who have never thrown a pass in college football before. Steven, what Ryan Day said today about this and announcing, hey, CJ Stroud, we're going to rest him. We're only going to play him in an emergency. Does it line up with everything he said Tuesday or does this, you know, he didn't know as much Tuesday as he, he was trying, I think, to hedge his bets a little bit on Tuesday. He said kind of a lot of different things about the quarterbacks on Tuesday. Did was he leading us into this or is it even more confusing now that he made this announcement on Thursday? Um, I don't think it lines up with what you said on Tuesday because that was just a totally different conversation under different context. That was, I mean, we're asking questions of, hey, should this guy get a chance within the context that CJ was playing? So it's not less with this. If if I if we did ask today, hey, should we expect to see you know Kyle in the first series and then Jack in the second series? That's a different conversation than when you're doing it with a guy that you picked to be your starting quarterback. This is a situation where you got two guys behind who, in his mind, might both deserve to get the opportunity. So I think all of everything that happened on Tuesday, I'm not saying throw it out, but it's not as prevalent this week as it would have been if CJ Stroud was actually playing. I will say he was asked is should you just sit CJ Stroud this week? And he said, as of noon, noon 15 on Tuesday, his the plan is to he'll practice this week. And by four hours later, he wasn't practicing. Yeah, so he I, did, I, I followed up with that. It's like, when did you find this out? He basically said he didn't throw Sunday. He didn't practice on Tuesday and he didn't really do much on Wednesday outside of like what we saw when we were in there and they just were doing this QB run thing at the end of practice. So he's not practiced this week, basically. He's not throwing a football. No. That's, yeah, he, that was, I guess, a better way to say it for sure, that he hasn't been throwing this week. 
Okay. So no Quinn Ewers. Again, I asked about Quinn Ewers on Tuesday. He was asked again about Quinn Ewers on Thursday. Nathan, just for the record, not that anybody thinks it, the way he talked about it Tuesday, but just what was the answer about Quinn Ewers on Thursday with where he stands in all this? He said that Quinn Ewers would be unavailable. Now, he hasn't been listed as unavailable on the injury report in any game yet this season. He didn't travel to Minnesota, I don't think. Um, But he has been at the home games. I did see him throwing around on the sideline at at the last game. So he's he's around. But as he as he really laid out for us on Tuesday to your questions, uh, your burning questions that had been uh, burning a hole in your pocket for a few days um, that he's not ready. He, He can't he can't do it yet. Okay, so I just want to throw this out here real quick. Good response so far from our texters to the four-hour, two-part media Buckeye talk that is out there in your Thursday feed. I want to correct two things that I said on that show because, again, we'd like to talk about that we try to hold ourselves to a standard, and so when I do something wrong, I want to make sure I address it. One is I called him Nevada Buck the whole time, and it's Nevada Buck because I think that's a thing someone, someone noted in the text. I think they did an episode of Veep. The state is pronounced Nevada, not Nevada. I was born in Nevada, so I should get my home state right. I was born in Las Vegas. I lived there until I was one, and then I moved to Pennsylvania. So apologies to the silver state, the great state of Nevada. And the other is I said on that podcast that I've had two screaming fights with people on the beat. As I've been reminded of things by other people since that came out, it's at least five. It's at least five. <laughs> like everybody that you did an interview with was like, well, wait a second. What about the screen fight you had with me? Austin definitely had a thing that I was like, yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> so, and then I was just like reminiscing, like a stroll down memory lane. It's like, it's, it's more like eight than it is two. Okay. What do we think this means, Nathan? So again, I just, I want to address this part because there's a, there's not a ton of skepticism in the textures, but again, this is why we had this great focus group that people pay us to be our focus group. A tiny smidge of skepticism of like, oh, this is a nice way to get a look at the quarterbacks to say the starters hurt, right? Is there any, like, is it, do you have any vibe of that? They've been talking about the, sol- the, sh- the sh- soldier, the shoulder off and on since the season started. Do you have any, like, mm, not that he's not hurt, but this is a pretty convenient way to maybe get these guys in? I mean, I- I'm pretty cynical, but. I don't think I go quite that far with it only because it really, it's before the season, right? Like you can, I don't know if we should connect the dots completely to this. Ryan day said that when he took that maintenance day, that that's a a routine thing that a lot of the quarterbacks do that maintenance day uh, in the middle of camp, but he, he's clearly been hurt. I mean, we've seen him working that shoulder out. He said he's hurt. He came in after the game and said, yeah, I'm sore. I'm playing through it. everyone has acknowledged that there is an injury here. So it's not like a phantom thing to me. It'd be one thing if like he looked, if there was no signs of that and nobody was talking about an injury and then all of a sudden it crops up that he's hurt. Maybe my cynicism thing would kick in, but here it just seems like, especially because of the opponent, I definitely get the impression. Like, do you guys think if they were playing Rutgers in Maryland this week, he would be playing. I I was getting ready to say that exactly. That's where the cynicism comes in. It's just the fact that the schedule just happens to line up perfectly for this situation. You think if they were playing a Rutgers or, or Maryland, C.J. Stroud would be playing? I think so, yes. Yeah, because I understand it's Rutgers or Maryland, and they're not Penn State and Michigan State and Michigan, but it's still a Big Ten opponent for a guy who needs some reps. So I do think he'd be playing if they were playing a Big Ten opponent. It, it's, it's night and day. Akron's one of the worst programs in the country. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, it's night and day. 
Interesting. So they're basically just taking that first half that the starter would play in a game like this. And we're going to play the backups in the second half anyway. And they're just taking that out. That's actually another smart way to look at it. It's really, he's only probably missing half a game. It's a preseason game. It's like the first preseason game where you see the starters come play the first series and then you don't see him again, except he's just not going to. The Cleveland Browns did it this year where they just didn't play their starters in preseason games. We can just treat it like that. But one of the best things is that he's not going to, he doesn't have to practice. So he gets all those practice days off because he doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be prepared because you get in a dangerous territory when you try to play young guys who haven't practiced and put them in a game, even against Akron. You just maybe set yourself up for like, hey, he's a little rusty and all of a sudden he doesn't feel the blitz and now he's getting blasted on the blind side because he didn't practice for three days. So you get to give him a whole week off. If he gets a week off from throwing, um, that's very convenient. But but then part of me thinks like, well, if he needs a week off from throwing, I would give him a week off from throwing and give him a break, even if it was Rutgers or Maryland. So I agree. I, if you guys are saying that, okay. And again, sometimes it's not what we think. It's what Ryan Day's decision-making is. So I believe what you guys are saying. I imagine if they were playing at Rutgers or Maryland this week, I don't, maybe even Tulsa, I don't even know. But if, if that had been the case, then he probably wouldn't have thrown on Sunday, um, probably had a day off Monday. And then maybe you dial him back a little bit Tuesday, Wednesday, but I think he probably is still in line to play this week if it's a, if it's a better opponent. Sorry, yeah. I would maybe Tuesday since it's good on good day. That's where he gets his heavy reps in. But then you kind of give it more mental the rest of the week because it's accurate. And also, I'm sorry for laughing, but it's just your dog. That just it felt like she wanted to say something, and you weren't giving her the opportunity he, to do so. He, he sorry. He he, sorry. he has he has strong opinions about yeah. CJ Stroud. He's a huge Jack Miller the third fan <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. Uh, <laughs> Yours. He knows, he knows I, I, who have the best dog food out of everybody on that staff, everybody uh, in that room. So, so we're saying, so if they had opened with Akron and they were, which is actually more normal, they'd already played the Akron game. Their schedule was Akron, Oregon, Tulsa, three non-conference games, which is far more normal. And they were playing Minnesota this week. We then think the solution would be CJ Stroud, young quarterback with a sore shoulder would never get a chance to rest it. Oh, well, I mean, they have a bye week here in a couple weeks. I mean, I think there's, to, to some extent, I mean, he was pretty sore going in this last game. It was pretty obvious against Tulsa, and they still put him out there, and he still played the entire game. No no relief. So that tells me something, too, that that it's it's not a thing. You know, Ryan Day was asked today how serious you think this is. He says, I don't think it's serious. You know, obviously, they're going to turn to the medical professionals on that. But it definitely seems like something he can play through. But it does affect him, and why not take this week of all weeks? And, and again, that's another way to look at it. Because of the bye week that's coming up, you're getting to take two out of four weeks off if you want. Yeah. It's this idea of hurt versus injured. You play hurt. You don't play injured. And in this situation where it might be hurt, it, it might be hurt. because I'm going to say hurt because he's been playing through it. Is it worth it this week? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> it's, it, it's, like, it's almost why it's like – it's almost like not worth doing updates on whether Thayer Munford's going to play this week. Cause why would Thayer Munford play this week? Even if he yeah. could play this week, why would you put him out there? Like you've got other offensive linemen. Matthew Jones is pretty good. Don't worry about Thayer Munford. Let him rest up and be better for later in the season. And it, it's a different situation because it's a quarterback, but similar to me, like this is just an opponent that you get to do this against. But it's not similar because Thayer Munford is far more established than CJ. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm just talking Harris about from Paris Johnson is not backing up Thayer Munford being like, let me get on the field, yeah. show you what I can do. So, That's fair. I'm just saying in, in terms of like the, the opportunity that you have in a game like this to, if it's borderline at all, 
don't play guys. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised actually if, if Zach Harrison was so hurt that he couldn't play last week that they're talking about him playing this week. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we whatever the reasons are, this is where we are, which is a place that people are very interested that Ohio State is at this point. So we'll dive in more about that next on Buckeye Talk. 614-350-3315 if you want to be a texter. Man, we're just having some texter interaction out the wazoo lately. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Great surveys. Great input. We just, I mean, we could just read texter stuff all day. We could just be five days a week of reading texter replies because they're so smart and good and we just can't. But we read them. I read them. And I respond to as many as I can. Nathan and Steven do too. We just, we can't read them all because it would just be, It'd be every podcast would be four hours, but we appreciate you guys, what you send to us and how you help us form our opinions. And if you want to help shape our opinions, join the text on a 14 day free trial. All right. So here we go, Nathan, what's the possible long-term consequences for Ohio state's quarterback situation that, that could reveal themselves on Saturday. Let me actually, that's too broad. Let's start with this. Whether it's Jack Miller or CJ Stroud or, or or Kyle McCord. By the way, let's establish it. Do we think Kyle McCord's going to start? Do all three yeah. of us think it's going to be him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because Ryan Day said it's not going to be two quarterbacks playing. One's going to be the starter. One's going to be the backup. So we think Kyle McCord will be the starter. Jack Miller will be the backup. And maybe we'll be wrong on that. What if Kyle McCord looks awesome? And whatever that means. Of course, taking the opponent into account. But he just looks like, man, I think you could make the playoff with that guy. And I'm not saying that you couldn't make it with C.J. Stroud and that there haven't been moments when you've watched C.J. Stroud and thought that exact same thing. But what if you also think it with Kyle McCord? Maybe not that he plays better than C.J. Stroud, but he plays as well as C.J. Stroud. What happens, Nathan? I, I guess I think your confidence should probably go up that Ohio State could make the playoffs just because you then now know you have two good quarterbacks. Um, I, I think it's, it is going to be important to remember, as you say, taking opponent into, into account. But like C.J. Stroud's put up numbers. C.J. Stroud has completed passes and put up yards. What I'm curious is whether Akron can do some of the things that the first three opponents did to take Kamakord out of his comfort zone whoever's quarterback and come take him out of his comfort zone, make him have to do some of the things, throw on the run, make those decisions that we, where we have seen a little bit from well, CJ Star, which a little probably rough not, But probably not. Let's probably anticipate not. that they so, can't. Let's anticipate so, that Akron is overmatched and Kyle McCord rips them apart. Yeah. Your answer was you should feel good. You have two quarterbacks. What does that mean? Does Kyle McCord play against records? Do you think Kyle McCord that, that we now have, a reopening of a quarterback situation if Kyle McCord looks really good against an overmatched Akron, or do you think it would be C.J. Stroud? The rest did him a lot of good. He's still the starter. Nothing's changed. The second of those two things. I would expect C.J. Stroud to start against Rutgers and, and be the normal starter again. And Kyle McCord is just does not play. He's the backup, but C.J. Stroud's still the guy. That's what you would expect. That's okay. what I would expect, yeah. Steven, what do you think in that scenario? Yeah, I agree with Nathan. I think we might see a Kenny Guyton situation in 2013 when he came out and basically played the same level of opponent against Florida A&M, and he set the record for touchdowns in the game and was 24-34 and 215 and was awesome, and the next week, Braxton was back on the field. And that's I think that's what we might just see here. It's just going to be Kyle McCord's going to come out and light it up. People are going to overreact and have their fun with it, and then CJ's going to be back out there against Rutgers. 
I, I appreciate you guys making comparisons, and I know you know this. That comparison is completely different than what's happening right now. Very different. That's yeah. more the comparison is literally just what he did that day. Nothing more. Yeah, except that's not all that's at play here. It's also the potential mm-hmm. that Kyle McCord has to be a playoff level quarterback for a college football team. So I know what you're saying. But by the way, I mean, there were also some people, <laughs> they weren't loud, but it was like when he did that and tore up Florida AM and Cal, it was kind of like, yeah. oh, <laughs> should Kenny Guyton be the quarterback? <laughs> But, yep. but in terms of just natural talent, I mean, Braxton Miller was just so far ahead of Kenny Guyton. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we think that with C.J. Stroud in terms of natural ability. We think they both have a lot of ability. But again, C.J. Stroud won the job in a head-to-head fair competition. So, so guess, you, do, you, do you think that there's like some kind of repercussions to this? Because to me, it's more like, okay, Common Court comes in. Even if he plays well, it's more about like getting that – raising his baseline a little bit, like getting the experience – raising his floor just so that when he, if he does have to go in later, he's got a little bit better footing under. So, so let me ask you this. And again, I, what's more interesting is what we think Ryan day will do. It doesn't matter what we think. Right. Right. What Ryan day will do. So what is, is there any scenario to you then where CJ Stroud, if healthy is not the quarterback at the end of the year, at the end of the year. Yeah. That's different than against Rutgers. But what would have to happen if, if, CJ Stroud's been a little loose at times. He's he's been yeah. good. He's also not been good. Kyle McCord comes in against an overmatched opponent and looks awesome. But you guys are both thinking that Ryan Day will be like, well, nope, CJ got his rest. He's good. Here we go. So that wasn't enough. Kyle McCord getting his opportunity and looking awesome against an overmatched opponent after CJ Stroud wasn't always awesome every snap in the first three games against better opponents with a sore shoulder. That's not enough for them to have to crack the door on Kyle. So what would be? Well, I think some of it goes back to something uh, Steven said earlier this week about how for McCord, you almost have to, you're playing catch up and you're playing catch up with whatever you do on Saturday too. So you have to like surpass him. And I, I, that's not going to happen just against Akron, obviously. But I think if, if there were, if Ryan day has, has the thing that he keeps coming back to is, you know, not making the same mistakes, wants a guy who can, you know, anticipate the mistakes before they happen and and avoid those things. So if you start seeing some of the same things from CJ Stroud, where it seems like maybe he has plateaued a little bit for this season. But the other thing, the unknown is just what's happening behind the scenes with Kyle McCord. Like what happens at practice? That's the thing that we can't really gauge, but I I could see that happening. And and, and there's an opportunity here for Kyle McCord, obviously, but he's got to come in and, and be sharp. He can't come in and have, the no, same that's issues as CJ Stroud. The scenario, but we're creating. We'll get to the other. I mean, the scenario right now is Kyle McCord is awesome. That's what we're working with in this world. So, of course, if he's not awesome, then it's a completely different picture. Go ahead, Steve. I think it's not totally in Kyle's control. I think some of it has to be CJ in the Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska game looks the exact same way he did in Minnesota or Oregon at Tulsa. Because to You're, that point, yeah. he's. So it's, if CJ comes back healthy, you are, you are, you think he is absolutely for sure. Because we have Rutgers in Maryland before that. If CJ comes back yeah. healthy and continues to play similarly against Rutgers in Maryland, you still well, think he's for sure the guy against Indiana and Penn State? I think he's for sure the guy against Indiana and Penn State. But I think, yeah, I, I think he's for sure the guy. As but if he starts like just. If he's not progressing, if he's just kind of staying the same while Kyle's behind the scenes progressing, things get interesting. But I think the way way that Ryan Day has talked about this, CJ's his starter, and this is just because he's dealing with an injury. 
But that that is interesting that we're coming up on a juncture where so you got Rutgers, Maryland back to back, and then a bye week. So I think you are coming up to sort of a midseason reevaluation that Ryan Day gets to do about this, and a, a combination of Comacore really lighting yeah. it up in the one chance he gets against the opponent that it is, but really lighting it up. And then if CJ Stroud still seems to be, I don't what, what do I, I, I think I agree with right. that. Yeah. yeah, actually, I agree I with that. Like I feel like we're criticizing CJ Stroud again. To, in a way that maybe isn't completely there, but like if if there is, like I said before, like if it seems like he's just plateauing and this other guy could pass him, I could see. That. I'll take that back. I'll take that back. I'll use the Rutgers and Maryland game. Like he's for sure the starter in those two games, and if he looks the exact same, then it creates a conversation, especially since you're going into a bye week and you have two weeks to prepare for an Indiana game. Could I give Ohio State a piece of advice along the way here? I would play the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win against Penn State. <laughs> So, so I'm not saying that's not CJ Stroud, but I would not play CJ Stroud because he won the job in August and well, you know, I mean, still working, growing pains, you know, like I would play the guy (laughs) that you think is the best quarterback against a Penn state team that might be better than you. But as we try to analyze what we think Ryan day is going to do, I'm kind of factoring that in that Ryan day already made the decision that CJ Stroud is better than those guys and is making that decision every week. I don't think it's based on just, August 15th. I know, but teams do change quarterbacks midseason. Like we can't sure. like, I mean, the guys make decisions in August all the time and then like things start to happen. Here's the thing. So what about this? So CJ is taking a rest because his shoulder's sore. And, and the way Ryan Day is talking is this should help him. So I think if he comes back out against Rutgers, then it's like, did, was it the shoulder? Because Ryan Day was asked a question on mm-hmm. Tuesdays when he's missing throws. Do you think it's the inexperience or do you think it's the shoulder? And he said, it's both. So now it's like, okay, we've given the shoulder a chance to get as good as it's going to good as it's going to get in season. So then it's like, all right, you're the Rutgers guy because we rested you for a reason to Mac, to get you back to closest to full health. If he plays the whole time against Rutgers and it looks the same as it did against Tulsa, then I think it's like, okay, it's not just the shoulder. So we've got to crack the door and we now know that Kyle looked pretty good. And I do, I I could understand that, that you want to at least give CJ a a whole game to be his best self or as good as as he's going to get. I I think that would make sense, but I think, and then, and then the other part of this is, so that's the scenario. If, if McCord's awesome or if Miller's awesome, or if they're both awesome, if they're not awesome and that, you know, high state still beats Akron easily, but you know, Husky stores like 38 and they miss throws and they look the decision-making out. Ah, they threw to the wrong guy. Just, you know, they look similar to CJ, very good moments, very iffy moments. Then it's like, all right, well, everybody's iffy. Everybody's young. And the other guy at least was kind of hurt. So then I just think it's like, all right, well, it's CJ. Right. So I do pick think one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's CJ. I picked the right guy pick to begin one, with. Yeah. Pick CJ and just like deal with the growing pains until he gets over it. Yeah, and then we maybe would come back, and and unless CJ like falls off a cliff with his play, mm-hmm. then it's just CJ, and then we can reevaluate at the end of the year. And as long as CJ doesn't get worse, then then it's CJ. I do think I don't know that there's pressure. I don't like someone used the word pressure in a question to Ryan Day, and I think as soon as you say the word pressure, you're going to change the answer because nobody ever wants to feel like there's what, what pressure is there. We're all trying our best at every moment. Why is there pressure? I think someone said, is there a pressure for you to play the backup quarterbacks? It's like, well, it's not, it's not, 
it's not pressure. Just like ask the question. Don't it? it, it well, I think, pejor- I think better- it, it changes the meaning of, of the question when you add that and puts people on, on the defense. I understood what I think they were trying to ask, which is like, do you feel urgency to play the backups this week? Just but why not just say, do you feel like you need to play the backups this week? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. why are we applying a word right mm. to it? And I just think don't uh, to journalists, don't don't throw pressure in there because everybody's always throws pressure in there in a way that it's like, what's the pressure? Whose pressure is it? What, what do you mean by pressure here? Right. Like pressure is like, um, you know, whatever. There's you gotta, pipes and make diamonds, man. Yeah. OK. <laughs> I do think CJ, I, I do think the quarterbacks playing this week, Kyle McCord and Jack Miller need to play well if they want to make Ryan day even think about it. Do we agree with that? That, that if they don't really show something, then it, it's, it probably is like, they'll just go back to a healthier CJ and that'll be it. Yeah. 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 There's an opportunity here to, to, to open some eyes and to, um, to give themselves a, a boost in, in getting that playing time for later, but especially because of the opponent, it's got to look good. I think they have to flash something that makes Ryan Day go, mm, CJ can't do that. Not It doesn't have to be that the entire 60 minutes, but like CJ flashed good things at times, right? I mean, every court, young quarterback, every young, if you're young at anything, you're going to flash the thing that flash, hey, this is how great I could be at something. You have whatever you, whatever Kyle McCord flashes on Saturday has to look better than anything CJ Stroud has ever flashed. And that includes that drop pass by Chris Olave. So. Because then it's what, interesting. What are the chances you, do you think of that happening? And let's keep it on McCord because he's the guy that we think is going to be the starter. Yeah, okay, cool. Because then that can be specific in what I think his flash might be. Do you think there's a pretty decent chance that Kyle McCord does what you're saying, Stephen? Yes and no. I think the, the, the no because it's Brett Farvish with him. The yes is because I feel like he's going to try to fit a ball in a window where there's no window. And he might complete it, quite honest with you. And it might be a window that's 40 yards down the field. And we're all going to be like, CJ hasn't done that one yet. But also, he can do that exact same thing, and it gets picked. And you see Ryan Day put his hand, head in his hands, and he's like, why did you throw that? And by his reaction, it's very clear that that's been his problem all offseason, is that he does that thing. So that's why I say yes and no. The yes is it works. The no is it doesn't work. And we see exactly why CJ won the job. Even if we think every two or three times Kyle completes it, but then there's like four or five times where it's a pick and it's costing Ohio State and you're putting this defense back on the field. But but I really think there's, as I talked earlier this week, there's just as much chance that CJ Stroud is this team starting quarterback right now because of how advanced he was in the offense, how much more comfortable he was in the offense, how much more facile he was at just knowing what is supposed to happen out on the field. It might not be as much like mechanical or passing fundamentals or, or that sort of thing. So that's another area where regardless of this game, like Kyle McCord is advancing along those things too. So is Jack Miller. They are, but I'm also under – I mean, if you're going to go through – if he says he's going to go through the growing pains anyway, go through the growing pains with the guy who gives you the best ceiling. Even if that means, like, during the week, th- those teaching periods become a little bit more important than they would be with CJ and Jack just because they've been here longer. Does the Oregon loss complicate this, though? Because it gives you less margin for error to be wrong on any given week. 
Well, but it depends what you think that margin for error is. So if you have, if you think, because of course you have less margin for error. I, I think it do. I think it does complicate it. But does that mean you want the safer quarterback or you want the quarterback that has the better chance to get you over the top against a really good opponent? Because if you have a, the margin for error, it's like, well, what if you need a drive in the last, it's third and nine with five minutes to play and Ohio State's trailing Penn State 35-31 and that's third and nine and a blitzer comes free, who has the better chance to make the play? Mm-hmm. So, since we're doing like pure speculation theater, um, what if, that's, so wait, that's if the you, alternate alternate name of this podcast, by if, the way. <laughs> if, you, if you think Ohio State makes a change at quarterback sometime this year, do you think it happens going into a game or do you think it happens during a game to a style? I think that's a great question. I think we got to probably table that, but the idea that it's yeah. CJ at CJ at CJ at CJ and they're down 14 nothing at Penn State. And CJ just threw like a kind of an iffy pick and he hasn't really done much to feel dangerous. And here comes Kyle McCord. I think that's on the table too. If that would happen. I would say it's, I would lean that way because the schedule kind of forces that, you know what I mean? It's you like would lean towards in game. Yeah. Just be, like, if you flipped the end, if, if Indiana was before the bye week and you would either take the Rutgers game or the Maryland game and put it after the bye week, I would say, Oh, that's it. Like he'll, he'll announce it after the bye week. That's just who's going to be a starter. But because of how the schedule is set up where you've got two back-to-back opponents like that, it might just be like, they go in there at halftime and it's like, man, this guy's not getting the job done. We're throwing this guy out. Now we're all writing stories about Kyle McCord's in the game. I do think that that probably is a good way to think of it because what would shake Ryan Day's belief going into a game that CJ Stroud isn't the guy that gives them the mm-hmm. best chance to win, but he might need to have it like, mm, kind of made an iffy decision there. I oh, missed that throw. Oh man, this defense is really getting after us. We need somebody to make a play. And I'm not sure if it's CJ. Let's try the other guy. That might be more possible than like Ryan Day sitting down on Sunday and be like, you know what? I think it's time for a change. So I, I do think that's that might be a point well taken, but we'll we'll talk about that a lot. And again, listen, we're talking about this and we're talking about the change because a different guy's gonna play this week because of injury, right? Because CJ Stroud is hurt. The idea that CJ Stroud just needs a rest and comes out against Rutgers and is like, whoa, there's that guy who was the third quarterback in his class behind Young and Uwe Unglele, absolutely on the table. And and we will shut up. If CJ Stroud gets a rest and then tears Rutgers apart, we will shut our holes, but I'm like, I'm not there now. I'm not there now. So we don't want it to seem like we are like the anti CJ Stroud uh, podcast. We're just trying to live in reality based on sort of what we've seen so far. All right. The dog is now in Nathan's lap. When we come back, we will come back with our guy, Ty shoe talking about what it's been like betting on Ohio State so far this season, how he views this Ohio State-Akron game, and then Nathan, Stephen, and I will make our picks, and we will talk about what the texters are saying about this game. We'll do that next on Buckeye Talk. Happy to welcome back to the pod our good friend, Tyler Shoemaker, the man who knows what he's talking about when it comes to betting the Buckeyes, but who also suffered the greatest, worst, most (laughs) awful craziest over under push in college football history last week. T shoe. Great to have you back, man. Hey, Doug, glad to, glad to be back on. And, and yes, as you alluded to uh, last week, I was tweeting out vomit emojis because that, that under 
on the Tulsa game was an absolute slam dunk, you know, for three and a half quarters. And then, you know, Tulsa gets the ball back. And I'm like, all right, let's just get a stop here. We'll, we'll take four knees and it'll be over. The under cash is easy. And then Cam Martinez gets the interception. And I'm, I'm like, all right, all right, now just go down, go down, yep. go down. And he just keeps tiptoeing the sideline and runs it all the way back. And I'm just sitting there in, in complete disbelief on my knees in the floor. <laughs> There's no, cause if he's, so the over under was 61 and it wound up that his touchdown on the extra point, that was 61. So it pushed, but as you said, it was 27, 20 with four minutes left. Like it was an easy under. And if Cam Martinez doesn't return the interception for a touchdown, if he steps out, he's six inches from the sideline on a couple steps. There's no way they do anything other than take knees to end the game. They wouldn't, if he had gotten tackled at the one, I don't think they would have tried to score. Like it would have, it would have stayed on the under and it was the under the whole day. Uh, and the lesson of this is don't bet, right? Is that this? <laughs> yeah. I think you, you put it perfectly. What, what a kick in the nads. That was, that was rough, <laughs> but, but at least it pushed, right? At least the over under, wasn't yeah. 60 and a half, right? It was 61. Yeah, so that, you didn't lose money. It, it could have been worse, but, and, and I did have a great weekend last weekend. I went nine, three and one, you know, with this being my one push, but you know, 10 and three would have been better, but it's, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> it was the best use of vomit emojis on Twitter that I had seen in a while. So, um, so what is, what have you thought, you know, you listen to Buckeye talk and I'm, I know you listen and shake your head. Sometimes when we're making our picks, we're not having a great year. But so like week one, it's 14 versus Minnesota. That pushes, right? Yep. And and it feels like they've been right around the over-unders a lot too. And then Oregon, they're favored by two touchdowns. They lose. Tulsa, they are favored by like 23 and a half. And then they wind up, even with all the scores at the end, they don't cover that, right? It was 21. Right. right. So they don't cover that. Have you been making money on the Buckeyes? Have you been flummoxed by the Buckeyes? Have you been staying away from the Buckeyes? Because the one thing I feel like that we've I've kind of realized a little bit through the first three weeks and now with the news that C.J. Stroud's not going to play against Akron, I don't have a handle on them yet. And it makes me nervous sometimes. Me as a, what's the word I'm looking for? Bad gambler. I've, I'm, I'm trying to get like a handle on the team. Right. And I would imagine sometimes that actually is that influences it. But sometimes you can look at numbers and trends and things like that, that even if the team's a little weird, you can get a handle on how to bet them. Where are you on betting the Buckeyes so far this year? Yeah. So the surprising thing to me, I mean, we all after seeing the national championship game, I think we all had questions about the defense coming into this year. But, you know, despite it being even worse than I think most people expected, I've 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 had the totals you know, really, I've had a really good handle on the totals. You know, I pushed this week, but the Minnesota game, I had the over. Oregon game, I had the under. So I, I nailed both of those. Um, the Minnesota game, I think I had, I I didn't bet it, but I would have had Ohio State covering. Uh, I think I made that number like 15 or something. And then Oregon, obviously, I, I, I was way off, as was as were the books, because, you know, they were 14-point favorites. I had them, uh, I made the number 16, and obviously they lose outright. So, Getting a handle on the the side has been the the bigger challenge for me. Um, I did have I, I I didn't bet it, but I would have had Tulsa plus the points last week, so I, I did have that one. But that one, but the the side has been kind of hit and miss. But I I have had the the totals pretty much nailed. So let me ask this though, and this is the hard thing about over unders to me. I think once we realize ah defense not that reliable, then it's like well. The other team's probably going to score some points. 
And Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are good. And Travion Henderson, now he's good. So Ohio State's probably going to score some points. So then it's probably going to be an over. But Oregon's under. Tulsa was way under until the last minute. What about the Tulsa under gave you such a good vibe when I think from an amateur standpoint, you might look at Ohio State's offensive firepower, their defensive problems and say, that looks like an over to me. So I'm looking, I had, I projected the Tulsa game at 58 and a half. Uh, The total closed at uh, at 61. So, I mean, obviously every, every bet that I make starts with, with the number and and with the, and then from there, you know, I look at the context around it and, and I really thought going into last week, like, okay, the defense looked horrible against Oregon. Surely they're going to make some sort of adjustment coming into this Tulsa game. I also, the other kind of contributing factor was we didn't run the ball well against Oregon. So I I came in with the understanding we're probably going to pound the ball, which obviously the more you run, the more clock runs and that sort of thing. So that, that lends itself more to an under also. So kind of the combination of all those factors, plus the number I did really like the under last week. Just be honest with me, Tissue. Because we keep it real here on Buckeye Talk. Nathan and Steven and I all said when they lose, they come out and run the next week. They are going to pound it. So we were right on that. We knew how the game was going to go. But all three of us were like, we think Ohio State's going to come out and run the ball and they're going to win 78 to 12. Right. That we didn't we didn't like take into account. Well, then you run, you work the clock. You don't have as many explosive plays. You have fewer possessions. Maybe should we we should be thinking about the under. At any point, as 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 if you listen to our analysis of that, did you think to yourself, "Oh, those simpletons! They can't even <laughs> they can't even link their thoughts. They have part of this right, but yet they still think that Ohio State is going to score fifty eight points." Well, I I don't think you guys are wrong in thinking like, okay, this this could go high scoring. You know, they're, they're going to want to come out and and have a get right game. But I mean, the the most important thing in betting at all times is what the number is. So even if you think like, okay, this is going to be a high scoring game. Well, the odds makers obviously know that that's going to be a high scoring game. So they're, they're going to, they're going to shade that number. Um, You know, a lot of times when you think, okay, this is going to be a high scoring game. I'm taking the over no matter what. A lot of times those are the under games Mm. uh, and and vice versa. Okay. That makes sense. Do odds makers, odds makers are there to take advantage of simpletons, right? They're just, I mean, yeah, that's, have, that's that's how they have their nice nice buildings. They have a picture of me on the wall in their office. That dumb guy. <laughs> hey, look, he's wearing a goofy hat. Hey, he well, thinks that, he knows about football. <laughs> well, that's why I I, I tweeted out uh, the um you know when I when you read the survey results and eighty three percent were on the over and I was like yes <laughs> that's absolutely right because I'm on I'm on the under ching 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 and then it is you knew you knew. And then yet we all just got our money back. Oh, we all got our money back. Yeah. Um, You know, being, being smart doesn't, doesn't always pay off. (laughs) And, and on the other side, being dumb doesn't always kill you, which is why I still have a job. Uh, (laughs) All right. So we're looking at a seven touchdown game this week. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, shortly after the news that Ryan day officially announced that CJ Stroud's only going to play in a in an emergency capacity, I don't know what that's going to do to the line, but in a situation like this, Tishu, where we're looking at a world where Ohio State's going to lean on two quarterbacks and Kyle McCord and Jack Miller, neither of whom have ever thrown a pass in a college game, clearly Ohio State is 
50 times more talented than Akron. Sometimes when there's enough confusion like this, we've never seen this quarterback. We don't know how much they're going to play second stringers in the second half. Ohio State can kind of name it score, but we don't know what they're going to name it. If the defense gets a little loose because they're trying to work something out and all of a sudden, you know, Akron gets 17 points that you wouldn't expect now to cover 49. Now they've got to score like more than 63, you know, like to me, again, this is so complicated. My instinct is maybe like, I don't know, just ignore it. But are there opportunities here, right? Or is it just, are there too many factors here that, you know, maybe you pick a side, but this is not a game that you would go big on. No, as a matter of fact, uh, even even before the CJ Stroud news, um, I you know I have like a proprietary formula that that I use to kind of select which games I'm going to bet on, uh, and Ohio State is one point short of meeting the threshold for to be a best bet this week, yeah. uh, minus the points. Now, if I could get that number, and and I as of this morning it was forty nine and a half when I looked. Now that that news is out there, I anticipate it maybe even taking a further dip. If I can get that below 49, I'm going to make it a best bet. Even, even without CJ Stroud, because honestly, you know, and, and I've been a pretty big advocate of his um, so far this year. Um, I really wouldn't adjust the line any. I don't know that there's going to be all that much drop off uh, between him and presumably Kyle McCord. And also I think we're just going to lean on the run and, and Trevion Henderson is special and that. I don't, I don't think it's going to do anything to my, to my numbers. I'm not going to make an adjustment. Okay. Okay. That's interesting because again, I think there's like a, there's a lot of psychology to this, right? Well, how much are they going to play the backups? What do they want to do? Are they, what are they try- but if you just lean on the numbers over time, the numbers will set you free, right? The numbers are going to get you to on the positive side of the ledger. So if you believe in your numbers and your proprietary tissue formula, then you can't let emotions and like, well, I don't know in the fourth quarter, what that barn's going to try to do. Eh, what Brian Day is going to get to play Quinn. Yeah. For a, like you just follow the numbers and that's how you wind up winning money. Right now. I, I will say in a game like this, where you anticipate there being, you know, maybe an entire quarter of garbage time that does make it a little more, you know, it does have higher variance in these type of games, but all I can do and, you know, all any good predictive formula can do is project, non-garbage time so once yep. it gets to go time you know it, it is a crapshoot but um but I, I do all that said i do like ohio state to, to cover uh the sweep okay and is there a side of the over under that you like in particular uh i not that's I, i'm not gonna bet it unless the line drastically changes but i would i would be on the under this week okay I, mostly because i i don't my score projection is 58 to 6 I just I don't think Akron's going to be able to hold up their end of the bargain to to make it go over. Okay, all right. So Tishu, you are talking this kind of stuff on a weekly basis with your brother on a podcast. Let, where can people, if they need more Tishu in their lives, and frankly I do, where can they find you? And what is it? How would you describe that podcast and what you guys dive into? Well, uh, you know, th- thanks for the plug. First of all, uh, I don't know why anyone would need any more tissue in their life, but for the for the sad souls that may, uh, you you can find obviously find me on Twitter at Buckeye Tie Twenty Three, uh, and then the the podcast that I do with my brother it's it's his his podcast. I'm just a weekly guest uh, doing my segment. Um, it's called the Section One Eleven Podcast, and it's on you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you can find podcasts, and uh, it, it's a 
mostly a college football show. He has had some really high profile uh, guests of other sports. I, he had like John Elmore uh, that was, you know, big commentary USA start Marshall had him on there and he, he's had some other, uh, he had major right that went to Florida and played oh. in the NFL. He, he's had some really good guests on there. Uh, so I'm, I, you know, I, I pale in comparison to those guys, but uh, we do do our weekly segment and I, I give out all my best bets exclusively on there. Uh, so if you do want to follow my bets, that that's the only place to get the full, full weekend card. Awesome. What's your brother's name? My brother's name is TJ. TJ. All right. So it's TJ Shoemaker with special guest Tyler Shoemaker on the Section 111 podcast. I would recommend you guys checking that out. And and I know, uh, I mean, speaking of high profile guests that he could have on, uh, there's somebody who's on like 11 podcasts a week and talks Browns, talks Buckeyes talks national college football who's always uh, you know available for guest appearances i just sure we'll, we'll hit up shahan no problem <laughs> god i just that's why i love you tissue because you're not afraid to just shiv me at every every available moment all right before we let you go one of the questions we asked the texters this week is how would you rank these top five big 10 teams in order iowa wisconsin penn state ohio state and michigan those other four teams michigan penn state iowa wisconsin is there somebody that you're quite intrigued by is there somebody that you're like man i'm keeping my eye on them is there somebody that you've been making money on is is who's the the other big 10 team of interest to you so far this season uh so far i i would say there's there's two equally interesting for different reasons one one being michigan uh and that's because i mean they started the season like kind of middle of the pack in my power ratings um in terms of big 10 power ratings and as of this week, they've jumped up to second, and they're right behind Ohio State. And actually, Nathan was uh, DMing me about this yesterday. And I, as of right now, I, I would have Michigan favored for that game in Ann Arbor uh, this year. Now, that is subject to change and likely will change. But as of right now, uh, I would make Michigan a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Ohio State in Ann Arbor. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, it's interesting to me because generally, you know, they've killed everyone, but they haven't really played anybody good, even though – I picked Washington to go to the playoff <laughs> and they've turned out to be, they've turned out to be terrible. So they haven't really beaten anybody very good yet, but despite that, the numbers still love them, which is surprising. Usually it kind of goes the other way when a team is killing Mac teams and everyone's getting hype about a certain team, the numbers are like, uh, hold, hold on. You know, they're, they're beating bad teams, but, but the, the analytics don't necessarily agree with that, but with Michigan they do. And the other team is Iowa who, kind of falls under that in that they have some really good wins and you know they killed indiana but when you really dig into their box scores i mean their their yards per play and things like that they're really getting by right now on some some defensive touchdowns and things that are kind of fluffing up their scores that aren't necessarily predictive uh so i I am really interested to see you know kind of how the rest of their season plays out and see if the quote-unquote luck you know kind of kind of sticks by them the rest of the season they're really interesting. I do think their defense is really good, kind of a smothering kind of defense, but they got a pick six on Penix early in that game at home off a ball that hit a receiver in the chest. And then they just, the crowd got against Indiana and they started steamrolling them and they won the turnover battle against Iowa state for nothing. And it's yeah. like, man, you win the turnover battle for nothing. You're going to win every time, but yeah. you're not incredibly exposed, explosive. Tyler Goodson's a good back, but like that Penn state, Iowa game coming up, in I think two weeks or three weeks, I think is going to be really interesting because I do think Penn State just has more dudes that can burn you offensively that I, I wonder that'll be, I think, a, a, 
a bigger test for that Iowa defense. So I'm, I'm very curious about that. I think, I think they're good, but they've got to win their way. And I think if you get them out of like their style of football, I, I think there's a chance maybe like, it'd just be like, Oh, they just, they can't hang with somebody who's going to start yep. trying to, you know, get them in a game where you have to get the f- to 42 to win. Right. Yeah. And, and, and from a power rating standpoint, Iowa is the the fourth highest team in the big 10 for me. I've got Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state all ranked above them right now. Okay. So when we, I think Nathan, Nathan reminded me to ask you about the Ohio state, Michigan line. When I said last week that I said, ah, I'd say Ohio state minus three against Michigan right now on the road in Ann Arbor. Is that, is that an okay guess? Yeah, honestly, probably last week uh, it, that probably would have been spot on. But when I when I updated the numbers this week, uh, Mich- I mean, Michigan made as big a jump this week as as anyone. So I, I was I was a little bit surprised to see that. And again, you are basing all your stuff on the numbers, which is how you make money. I do think like a public line, given the history of the game and that I do think there would be you think there'd be some influence on that, that maybe Ohio State would get a couple bonus points from from a a sports book that they maybe wouldn't actually deserve by the numbers. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like if, if that line came out today, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, you know, become like a pick them or, yep. or something like that. Uh, and even like you said, I, I think the public, if, if the public can get Ohio state plus points, they're going to, they're going to take that all day. Yeah. As would I. So. Interesting. I think that sounds right. I think, I think it really might be a public pick them right now. Uh, all right. He's our guy. One of the best guys around, Tyler Shoemaker. So great to have you back on the pod, my friend. Listen, if you want to, I just think it's fun to talk about this stuff with smart people. So the Section 111 podcast, I would point you guys to that. And of course, point you to Tyler Shoemaker's Twitter, where you put out like interesting stuff. And the thing, again, you've made this point before, but it's like you put it out there. Here's what I think. Here's how it went. Here's my record. I'm not hiding. You can check me on everything. Like this is the real deal. So I would, uh, you know, I think it's fun to follow somebody like that on Twitter. And then again, if something goes wrong, puke emojis, nothing better. Um, what is it again? Give me the Twitter again. At Buckeye Tie 23. Buckeye Tie 23. All right, Tyler Shoemaker, good to talk to you, my friend. Best of luck uh, betting out in the college football world. All right, thanks, Doug. We're going we're gonna to take you up on that, um, that offer to come on the podcast too. Listen, man, there is no amount. If I don't get my fill of talking on podcasts, then I talk to my wife and my wife is like, could you please just go do a podcast? Stop, stop, talk, stop spouting opinions at me. So it's good for me to, it's like exercising your dog. If I get, (laughs) if I get to come on you, talk to you and your brother, it's like, let me loose in the field and get my energy out. Right. So I would be excited to do it. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Tyler. All right. Thanks to T-Shoe for that. Love him. Great dude. Go listen to his, his podcast, the, his brother's podcast, where Tissue goes on sometimes. Let's see. Let's see if the line has moved in the last eight minutes. It's 49 and a half Thursday morning as Tissue and I talked. Started to change a little bit, at least dropped to like 48 and a half, 48. Uh, looks like it's still like 48 and a half. So maybe it dropped the point. Um, we try to use the most recent information. Tissue said if it gets below 49, he'd probably make Ohio State a best bet. And you guys didn't hear it because you were working and I was just podcasting. But he said he likes, he said if Ohio State goes below 49, it's one of his best bets because he really likes it. And he doesn't think the quarterback change really affects much of anything in terms of evaluating this game. So when we sent it out to the texters, it was before the news. 
Ohio State is favored to win by 49 and a half points over Akron. Who would you pick? We are getting Akron plus the points, 72%. Ohio State minus the points, 28%. So again, Tishu likes to be, he doesn't like to be. He just winds up sometimes on the opposite side of the public. And, you know, I think when betters, when smart betters have that happen, it reinforces that they're probably right. The expected total points scored is 67 and a half. Are you taking the over or taking the under? That has dropped slightly as well. We're now going to call that 66 and a half on the total because that looked like that has dropped the point as well. So we're going to drop the line from 49 and a half to 48 and a half. We're going to drop the over under from 67 and a half to 66 and a half. But the texter vote when it was 67 and a half, 52% over, 48% under. So that's where we are. Everything changed as we try to get a handle on this. I, I don't know. But so, Nathan, let's let your dog make the first pick. You want to like write two little pieces of paper out and see which one your dog <laughs> eats. And that's as much analysis as we can give. What's your score? Clearly, he, he's going to take the dog. Hey! Take <laughs> they're not dogs, though. They're zips and they're a kangaroo. Oh, they're the underdogs. Oh, the underdog. 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 Nathan, what's your score? I, I said, well, I look back. Ohio State is four and six against the spread when they're a 40 point favorite dating back to 97. They're two and four since 2015. It's just a huge amount of points to try to cover. Um, so I'm going to say Ohio State 55, Akron 13. That's a 42 point spread. Akron scored 10 points against Auburn earlier this year. Auburn's an okay team. That's a tough thing to just pull out of the air, though. I mean, it's so much game control, whatever dictates that. The one thing I will say that where the quarterback situation could come into play is the domino effect. Like before you had like CJ Stroud plus Comic Cord plus Jack Miller that could have played this game. And now it's like now you move everybody up one. So maybe the offense does get less like scholarship quarterbacks by the end of the game. I don't know. So I'm, I'm leaving that open. I'm just, I'm taking, I just think 49 points, 48 and a half is a huge amount of points to try to cover. All right. So you're taking Akron with the points and you're taking the over because your total is 68 and we're now yeah. using 66 and a half as our over under number. Again, we originally had it 67 and a half when we sent it out to the texters. So off that original line, you're barely an over 55, 13 for Nathan, Steven, what you got? Interesting stat. Ohio says only scored 50 points against Akron once in their eight meetings. And it's when they won 62 to nothing in 1892. So none of us were alive in that one. That's probably the first time none of us were alive for an Ohio State thing, baby. So to that point, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think on Saturday is going to be the first time they net 50 just because it's a new quarterback. It might start off a little slow. Um, 45 to seven, just because this defense can't help itself and it's going to give up some points eventually. So 45 to seven, Ohio State wins. So that is Akron taking yeah. the points with Akron and the under by quite a bit. I'm also scarred by what's happened the last three weeks with this betting thing. So I'm going to go the other way and see what happens. Oh my God. All I think now when we talk about this stuff is Tishu listening in his house and shaking his head at us. I am sure. Everything I've done so far has been wrong, so that's why I'm going the other way. Is <laughs> is exactly not what to do when you gamble. I feel sick about this. My fake money. I'm setting my fake money on fire. I didn't give. I'm giving fifty bucks to a food bank this week. I didn't do it yet. 
oh, my books came. If you if you ordered a book for me as a tech subscriber, I've kind of been laying low. It's like, I didn't have my books because the shipment to me that I can then ship to you was delayed. 400 books showed up at my house today. And I had to like carry like, I had to carry like 20, 20 boxes of books into my house. So I'm going to start, if you paid me on Venmo, I'm going to start shipping out the books today. Well, maybe not. It's on Friday as you listen to this. I'm shipping Friday. I have a lot to do on Thursday. Friday and then Saturday morning, since the game's not till 7.30, I'm going to start shipping all the books. So I'm sorry that you don't have them yet. I'm going to sign the stuff, whatever. Not whatever, but like thank you to everybody who's ordered. If you want to order the book, you can go to Venmo. It's Doug Road to Ohio State, and it's 25 bucks to get me to sign it. Then I got to buy an envelope and ship it to you. So thanks to everybody who's done that. So so thank you for that. But I, I just think about T-Shu and how nuts he must think we are because i just don't know and i what i said to him is like i just guys like would you if you were betting real american cash money cash american money would you just stay away from this team right now because it's just i don't i don't know what's up yet yeah i i i think it is tough it it is it's especially tough when you start talking about spreads like this because of where the defense is like in the past, 2019 being the best example, obviously, but like you could lay like such a – the defense would come in and just – when your defense comes in and flattens everybody, then it makes these sort of things more realistic. But what we've seen from all three of these games so far is that there's so much leakage from the defense that it's hard to um, have a lot of confidence in a big point spread. It's the combination of that and also the offense just like, like doesn't look like – what it's supposed to be for 30 minutes. So like, I mean, they're, they're, they're up and it's a 20 to 13 halftime scoring these games when it clearly should be more than that. That's part of it. The defense doesn't get stops. The offense doesn't start acting like itself until midway through the third quarter. That combination makes you a little nervous. It really could be 42, nothing at halftime though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At the same time, literally really could. So I'm going to pick 49, 14, which again, that's Akron. And the under, you know, that's a 63-point total. So, Steve, we're all on Akron getting the points. Steven and I have the under. Nathan has the over. So, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I don't have a great handle on it, but I'm going to go to the food bank and give them 50 bucks because I would rather do that than try to bet money on this stuff. Not that I would bet it anyway. So, But that's on behalf of all you guys who should not be listening to us. Dear God, please don't listen to us. Listen to T-Shoe on his brother's pod, 72% taken Akron with the points. We're with all of them. 52% going over, 48% going under. So again, that's pretty evenly split split, and uh, split with us as well. Nathan's with the 52% going over, Stephen and I with the 48% going under. The other game, the only other Big Ten game that I thought was worth talking about this week that I sent to the texters is Wisconsin-Notre Dame. It's in Chicago. Notre Dame is undefeated, but Wisconsin's favored by six and a half. This is the Jack Cohn revenge game. Like, again, just fascinating, right? I mean, not we ha- we've, we've seen this kind of stuff with the transfer portal, but it's like Jack Cohn was like on Wisconsin last year. He was he started last year as Wisconsin's starting quarterback, right? Didn't he? No, I guess Merch, he got no, hurt in preseason. Two years and ago. Merch, yeah. Merch took the job, but didn't. Didn't he didn't Merch take the job last year because Cohn was hurt, right? It wasn't an outright win of the job. I believe so. Yes, Mertz was hurt, or 
Cone was hurt to start the year. Mertz came out, completed like 98% of his passes against mm-hmm. Illinois, and then got COVID. Right. And, yeah. then, and then who played? Then Cone played. Cone, yeah. And then Cone left. I think left. for one week, though, I no, think no, no. it was it was uh, Van Valkenberg or whatever. But the whole point is, yes, uh, Cone got hurt in preseason. Mertz came in and took advantage of the opportunity, and Cone lost his job forever. And then now Cone's Notre Dame starting quarterback. Yeah. So I don't know about this one. Uh, Shahan Jeharaj and I have talked a lot on the playoff show about how Notre Dame does not look great. Everybody knows that, but I don't know. This is like setting up for me. I certainly like do not believe in Wisconsin the way their season has started and that they, what they scored 10 points against Penn state mm-hmm. and, and Notre Dame's defense has been vulnerable. I don't know. Wisconsin favored by six and a half. I just asked the texters straight up, who do you think wins? 73% pick Wisconsin, 27% Notre Dame. This does have some like a little bit of edge, edge, edge of the playoff kind of stuff. You know, Wisconsin needs to win this game to sort of stay in the mix at all. What if Penn State's just really good? So Wisconsin had to play like a top five team in their opener, and now they beat Notre Dame and then go beat Iowa in the regular season and win the West with one loss and take your shot in the Big Ten championship game and see what happens. Like Wisconsin still has that out there. And Notre Dame, even though... They've looked very iffy against Florida State and Toledo and uh, whoever else they played. I don't know who they played. Like, you know, they still – this would be a good win for them. Nathan, who do you think wins, Notre Dame-Wisconsin? I would take Wisconsin, and I um, I would take them with giving the points. Are they? Did you say they're favored? Yeah, they're favored by six and a half. You'd give a, a touchdown almost. Okay. You're just out on the Irish, or you're just in on the Badgers? Um. <sighs> I like, I think I like Wisconsin long-term. I think Penn state's pretty good and Penn state going in there and winning. Um, I, I took as more, maybe a, an elevation of, of Penn state than a, an indictment of, of Wisconsin. I haven't been impressed with the way Notre Dame's won any of its games so far. Right. No, I agree they're, with that. They're playing like not great teams and they're not putting them away. And Wisconsin's also coming off a bye that could help them. Agree. Steven, who you got? I'm going to take Notre Dame and more importantly, I'm going to take Jack Cohn. I think he just might outplay Graham Mertz in this game. Because, I mean, that matters a little bit. There's an element of this is the guy who took my job, and let me show you, you know, that was a stupid decision. So maybe even if this is the best game he plays ever, this would be the opponent he would do it against. He's not the – Jack Cohn is certainly not the reason that Notre Dame has struggled. Not, Jack Cohn no. has saved them yeah. in games. He saved them against Toledo, and he's put up pretty good numbers – uh, Jack Cohn's like 27th in the nation in passing yards per game, and Graham Hurts is like 80th. So, like, you know, Jack Cohn has played much, much better than I thought he would. And I, I hate revenge stuff. I, I really dislike it, and especially like in the NFL or, you know, pro sports where guys just move around a lot. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, you've played for five teams. It's like, this team gave up. And it's like, dude, I, everybody I don't gives know. up. On I you mean, it's just like, you know, so, but it's, it doesn't matter what I think if the player feels it and plays better because they think they have revenge, even if they shouldn't feel that. I do think that can matter. This feels very tangible. It's like, hey, I was the quarterback. You picked that young hotshot. Let me show you what a mistake you made, right? This is not even like Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins were like, even they had a competition. Okay. They went with Dwayne. I don't think, I don't know if Joe Burrow would, if they had played, Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. I don't know if he would have wanted to cram it up Ohio State's butt because of that, right? I mean, he would have, you know, yeah. hey, it's, I, but I feel like Jack Cohn might want to stick a leprechaun right where Wisconsin doesn't want it stuck because it's like, 
cool. You wanted the young guy. Take the young guy and take a little bit of Jack Cone. I, it feels very tangible. I don't know. But, but what I, team I knows how better to attack Jack Cone than Wisconsin? What team knows how to attack Wisconsin's defense better than J- Jack Cone? I mean, I do think that goes both ways. I, I don't know. They know Jack Cohn's vulnerabilities, but they also might have been holding Jack Cohn back for three years. Yeah, they might be the reason for those. That's very true. They are definitely the reason for those vulnerabilities, as we have found out. Because Graham Mertz does not look good. Graham Mertz has all this talent. Like in that offense, it's like, well, I don't know. You look like a noodle arm, too. That it's like it's not the players. It's the system. It's a noodle arm system, not noodle arm personnel. So I do think anyone betting this game eat noodles. I mean, if you watch this game, I just would eat noodles during it. Because you don't know, you don't know where the noodles are coming from, but there might be noodles in the game. So I would take Notre Dame with the with the points, I think for sure. If I had to pick a winner, I guess I'd pick Wisconsin, but I think it I think it might be close. I would take Notre Dame plus the six and a half because I don't know that Graham Mertz can slice up this Notre Dame defense to the same degree. Nathan, your point that Wisconsin had a bye week, I do think is a big deal, but I might pick something like 30 27 or something, right? It was constant win like that. So I would take Notre Dame with the points. This is the last question I asked. Rank these Big Ten teams in order of how good you think they are right now. Of course, Ohio State fans answer this question. The teams I gave Michigan, Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin. They are the teams that I said, please rank them in order of how good you think they are right now. Who do you think they voted fifth? Who do you think's fifth of that group? Steven, who do you think came in fifth? Um, Penn, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin, the five. Michigan. I don't know if people believe in that yet because they look good, but they haven't played anybody really. Nathan, who do you think came in fifth? I think Wisconsin came in fifth. Wisconsin came in fifth. Okay. So that was right. Who do you think came in fourth? Nathan, who do you think came in fourth? Michigan. Steven? I mean, Wisconsin was going to be my fourth, so I'll say Michigan. Michigan came in fourth. Pretty big gap. Who do you think came in third? Steven, who do you think came in third? Is Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State left? <laughs> Penn State. Nathan, who do you think came in third? I know who I would put third. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's why I laughed. Who I, who I did put third in my rankings. I would put. I would say they said Iowa third. Ohio State third. Okay, good, Ooh, good, good. Good for them. Little, I mean, there's some anger. <laughs> Some anger in there, <laughs> no, but I think but, it's also, also based on the results also, so yeah. far. I mean, it's very valid that they also third. also analysis, also analysis. So, who do you think they voted second, Iowa or Penn State? Stephen, who do you think they have second? Uh, Iowa. Nathan. Yeah, I'll say Iowa. It's you know, Iowa. Auburn's pretty. Yeah, it's Iowa. Auburn's pretty impressive. P- pretty pretty convincing for Penn State. Penn State one point six six. Iowa two point zero eight. Ohio State two point seven nine. Michigan 4.05, Wisconsin 4.42. So I would also have Ohio State third, and I have not watched a ton of Michigan. What We're going to do this next week, unless the absolute, unless there's a, a quarterback competition that is absolutely on fire. I think the big Thursday pod next week is going to be about Michigan and, and, and starting to look ahead to Ohio State, Michigan. What do we think about Michigan is real? What do we don't think is real? What do we think that Michigan does that could give Ohio State problems? All this stuff. I think it's time for us to take a hard look at the Wolverines. So I have that in my head for next Thursday. So we don't have to get into it now. But I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if when, if I, 
if you really watched everything Michigan's done so far, even though Steven, you're right, they haven't really played anybody. They played Washington. It turns out Washington's just stinky poo poo. So it's like Montana, (laughs) you know, like it's like it's like okay, well, that was supposed to be a good game, and it's like, well, how good? Maybe Washington's going to go four and eight, and then it's two MAC teams. But they're doing. They they have found a little something on offense. It seems like so. I I think we need a better look. They play Rutgers this week. We need a better look at Michigan. But I think it's possible that you would at least watch Michigan and say, man, I think they give Ohio State a game at the very least, especially the way Ohio State's playing right now. Okay, that's the pod. That's the Friday preview pod. We're previewing it. We'll be back. It's going to be late. We, I mean, the, pod, the postgame pod won't be up until Sunday because it's a 730 kickoff against Akron. But we are definitely going to have I – mean, this is a far more interesting Akron game than we ever had any reason to believe because we're going to be watching two quarterbacks through their first college football passes in Jack Miller and Kyle McCord. And then we will figure out what we think that means for this quarterback position, the rest of this season and beyond Uh, Nathan, anything, anything that you, we should be directing people to on the website at the moment with what the, what you fellas are writing lately or thinking about writing. I mean, obviously we'll be, we'll be writing some more about this quarterback thing. I think it's, uh, there's some other angles to explore for that. So I would, I would check uh, Friday morning, probably something on that. I'm also hoping to write something about Matthew Jones, who I think is, it's interesting um, in, in the transfer situation, um, a guy who we wondered if he would fall into that when he got, um, didn't win a starting job and yet he's still around and is going to help him this week. Did you talk to him? Was he one of the interviews on Wednesday? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. And and Steven, I know you were very fired up about Denzel Burke coming out of interviews. Yeah, we got some man. Denzel Burke stuff to direct people to. Yeah, man. Not necessarily directly related to him, but the idea of Ohio State's best three cover guys didn't are guys who were not defensive backs until they got on this campus. And that's Cam Brown, Cameron Martinez, and Denzel Burke. And that might need to be your starting unit going forward, which has been a, it's, it's a very unconventional way of getting to this point. But when you look at how the recruiting went 18 and 19, this is kind of not, it's not a better option, but it's kind of making up for the fact that you had a real bad recruiting dip when it came to defensive back recruiting for two straight classes. If you can use this unconventional route to kind of fix that, that's a good thing for Ohio State. Interesting stuff. Make sure you guys are reading cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk. We'll take any reviews you've got on Apple Podcasts. We certainly appreciate that. If you want to listen to the college football playoff show, did we kick out Ohio State this week? They were one of the three we thought about kicking out. We kicked out one of the three of Ohio State, Clemson, or Notre Dame. And we welcomed somebody in as well. And we thought about welcoming Michigan in. Did we welcome Michigan in? That's me and Shahan. You can find that wherever you find Buckeye Talk, that's the big Wednesday pod there. All right, appreciate you guys listening. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.